Hey guys, it's Dave Morrison here, actually at work. I want to take a quick moment out of my busy schedule to thank everybody for tuning in for these past two episodes of The Frosted Side. Myself and Dave Linquist appreciate it very, very much. And if you want to find out more about The Frosted Side, you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at Frosted Pod. This episode of The Frosted Side was actually recorded on May 19th, 2018 in Dave Linquist's humble abode down there in Somerville, Massachusetts. So here's the podcast for everybody who's not caught up to speed. Every week, myself and my partner, Dave Linquist, and a guest, we basically review a cartoon and a sugar cereal from the golden age of Saturday mornings. This week's guest is Kevin Harrington from the Hadron Gospel Hour podcast. He's also a stand-up comic and founder of the Boston Geek Week Festival. So if you're in the Boston area and you need a good laugh, check out Kevin Harrington. He picked Dungeons and Dragons and Cocoa Puffs for this week's episode. Check it out. Frosted Side Podcast, recorded May 19th, 2018. Hope you enjoy. Uh, welcome to episode two of the Frosted Side. I'm Dave Lindquist, here with... Dave Morrison. And uh, we've got our uh, special guest on this episode. This is uh, Kevin Harrington, comedian, podcaster. Uh, he's only Hadron. Hadron? Hadron or Hadron? Uh, we say Hadron. hadron? The yeah. actual Hadron. It's the Hadron Collider, okay. uh, if you're a scientist. But we say Hadron. <laughs> we say Hadron Gospel Hour. And I don't know if we do that just because I honestly think it sounds cooler. Uh, but it also might be a way that we can kind of skirt around any IP nice. or dangerous black hot helicopters breaking into our bunker when we record. Well, any future questions, you've got the IP lawyer. Yes, here. that's true. That's why it, so, part of the reason I am uh, I, I hang out I with can, you guys. Uh, so. I, I can look into <laughs> it a little bit further. So uh, awesome. Ke- Kevin's on that, the uh, Hey Drunk Gospel Hour. Uh, he's a stand-up comic. He uh, founded... Uh, Geek Week Comedy, then it was... Yeah, uh, the Geek Week Comedy Festival, Comedy Festival. Uh, started that up uh, a few years ago. It's been on a bit of a hiatus, uh, mutated into Geek Comedy Night, uh, which was a monthly show I did at Kamikaze Comics. Shout out to Kamikaze. Oh. Uh, Such a fun little show in the uh, back there. I yeah, a times <laughs> thank you, thank really you. Uh, basically, it was just, uh, you know, the festival was, uh, you know, comedy focused, but really getting into kind of the, neat, the niche right. of geeky stuff so D themed uh improv shows uh harry potter sure. uh we had a, a harry potter show you know stand-up that just stuff that would skew towards a con crowd and we did it for a festival and then uh morphed that into a monthly series where each month we had a different theme from you know planet of the apes to doctor who you know just kind of a smorgasbord of geeky stuff and that's that's my brand that's great. i'm a geek all right so do you know the concept of the Frosted Side podcast. I, I I am intrigued by this because it it sounds delicious immediately, and I believe we are going to investigate other d- tasty things. Saturday morning cartoons, right? Avec our favorite Saturday morning cereals. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Spot, spot on. Precisely. Yes. And awesome. uh, so Dave and I each uh, know Kevin independently, so this one's kind of cool going in, considering we sort of met randomly. It was uh, having uh, someone who knew each of us. And uh, Kevin, uh, you picked a really uh, on-brand on cartoon. I well. did, I did. Uh, yeah, so if you know me, uh, you know I like uh, a certain tabletop uh, game, a game that involves... Those are dice. Those are polyhedron multi-sided dice. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was an awesome 80s cartoon called Dungeons and Dragons. And so, you know me, I, 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 I play Dungeons and Dragons still, uh, very big into it. And this is, it's chock full of 80s cheese. It's really funny and it's, uh, I think it's good. This and Captain N, the Game Master were my two favorite growing yeah, up. It's a solid one. I was uh, I was going to uh, allow you that one, but uh, our uh, our first trial episode with each other... Uh, I picked a Muppet Babies episode. That oh, was also very, good. Very Nintendo focused. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we figured we wouldn't uh, oh, necessarily yeah. uh, smother our listeners with too much Nintendo right away. Oh, but, uh, Dave Morrison. I, I picked the Hammerman. The oh yeah, yeah, part. with the talking shoes, right? The talking shoes. My God, they must have done a lot of drugs in the eighties to be like, "That's a cartoon." Well, this was the early nineties. Oh, that's right. Well, it 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 seeped into the nineties. 
So, uh, I, I played a little D&D in my day. Hey, uh, this is Dave Lindquist speaking, but uh, Dave Morrison here was saying he wasn't aware of Dungeons & Dragons until well, high school, was it? Actually, college. College. Really? It was weird because I just never heard of it. And you know how Wait, I found where are you about... from? So, I'm from central Massachusetts. I'm from Westford, Forge Village, for anybody who is in... That just sounds like a, a town that you would encounter in a D&D campaign. For, Forge, yeah, Forge, Forge Village. Village. Like, how do you, like... They're definitely dwarves. Dwarves <laughs> settled that, didn't they? They, like, buried some iron from Vikings, and then they had to guard it, uh, and then... Probably. Yeah. They, I would I would say, looking at the buildings, <laughs> short people come from Westford. So, um, long story short, I... Yeah, I'm from Central Mass, but nice. I, I, when I went to Mitchell College in Connecticut, you guys can't see me, but I'm uh -huh. wearing the, in the T-shirt. Uh, I was listening to Sirius XM Satellite Radio and right uh, the old Opie and Anthony show, and uh, Stephen Lynch, who's a great comic, I'm sure. Yeah, I love him. He's he great. he did he did a lot of song parodies. Yeah, as you know, we're playing D and D. That was the one. That's the best. Yeah, and I love about him. Funyuns and all yep, that. Yep, yep. <laughs> and that's how I got introduced to Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. Yeah, I never heard of it until. Probably my twenty-first birthday, believe it or not. Really? Not even listening to like Weezer, like in the garage. Well, I listened oh, to yeah. Weezer, but I never picked up on it because I used to listen to the Blue Album all the time. That's yeah. I mean, that's like I a Valentine to D and D, right? But I never picked up on it. Oh, you know really? how when you're a kid, you watch something, you watch a cartoon, and you think, "Oh yeah, this is kind of cool," but you don't really get the references like yeah, you would watch yeah. like, we'd watch the Simpsons for example at least I would I would never get the references or 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 Disney or or Nickelodeon oh wow yeah no I would just never get the references until I was an adult like that's what they were get that's what they were getting at I think that's cool about some of those things where it's like you unpack stuff later on like after the fact oh right. that's what that that's meant. what that's about and it's like you appreciate it early on but it's not to get too high minded about it, but it's almost like Shakespeare where it's like there's multiple layered references going on. Right, exactly. We're getting deep on our geek right now. <laughs> but like you can go back and be like, Oh my god, this is the whole thing. So that right. was wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So Dave, you've never played Dungeons and Dragons? I've never played it, obviously. Uh, I would what? Like this, you may, know, this may need to happen I, in here. Yeah, I think we need to do this. <laughs> One of my friends from Providence actually used to do Dungeons and Dragons all the time, him and his then girlfriend and uh, I never really saw the, the, the appeal in it. Not to criticize any... I'm not even criticizing. I just never got into it myself. But now as an adult and after playing cards against humanity with friends on New Year's Eve, which is what us big kids do, I decided, <laughs> you know what? Give it a try. Do it. Might as well do it right here yeah. on the on the frosted side. Can oh, I yeah. just say I, now, I because really we might touch happen. on the, the early 80s paranoia, the satanic panic. Oh, I, I've, got, I've got some notes. Good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll come back to that. So just so anybody's worried, like if you haven't played D&D &D until college, uh, you don't have to, uh, you don't murder uh, anybody to gain levels. That was all BS. So, so, uh, so maybe I should go into the the actual cartoon yeah. here a little bit. As we said, we've established here, it's based off the pen and paper role playing game. It ran on CBS from I believe it was 1983 to 1985. Uh, it's am animated by the Japanese company. I think it's Toei T O E I. Yeah, I'm not not 100 percent on the pronunciation. We'll look right here. But uh, our our first two episodes with uh, yep. Muppet Babies and Hammerman, yep. the animation on this, there's clearly more frames per second, or it's, it's <laughs> definitely drawn a little bit better than those. They so. took their time. They yeah. they lovingly brushed some magic across the screen. <laughs> so so the premise of the show is six kids. I think they range in age from there's an 18 year old, and the, then all the other characters are around 13 to 15 range or so. Yeah, what would an eight-year-old kid be doing with a fifteen-year-old kid? I think it's the kid brother of one of the other. Okay, yeah, kids. yeah, it's the the brother of the thief. Ah. So they're so they're at an amusement park and they see the Dungeons and Dragons roller coaster, and as they ride this roller coaster, they're transmitted into the magical world of Dungeons and Dragons, where they meet a character called the Dungeon Master, and the show essentially uh, centers around them trying to find their way home and um, sort of escape from this world. Uh, in addition to the um, to the Dungeon Master, they're accompanied by this little unicorn, uh, Uni the Unicorn. Really the most creative <laughs> name ever for a unicorn. Yeah. I mean, Boy, they must have been up all night to make that. Voiced by Frank Welker. Frank Welker, who came up last week, who I think was uh, Kermit on the Muppet Babies. Uh, 
Also, uh, Mega... Was he Kermit on the Muppet I think it was Kermit on there. Uh, maybe I'm getting us uh, wrong there. We'll have to double check. Because he mostly did the voices of animals. I know on maybe. The Simpsons he would do a lot of dog voices, for example. <laughs> I like that you can work exclusively yeah. in the medium of animal voices. Yes, yeah. and uh, his, the character Uni actually sounded a lot like the sound effects he does on Futurama. Yeah, it's Nibbler, right? right? Yeah, yeah, it's totally it's, Nibbler. It's really close to Nibbler, and uh, he um, he voiced Megatron from uh, from the Transformers, which Kevin had a uh, another. Transformers yeah, which is amazing because I'm listening, and it's been years since I've listened to this, and I'm like, wait a minute, Venger. Venger is Optimus Prime. It's it's. I was like, why did and, and I didn't I didn't think about that until we were we were going through the list because I, I I forgot. Uh, you know, it's been ages. You know, you think you know back in the day when like cartoon actors, you weren't a movie star doing voiceover. Like you were exclusively a voiceover artist. So Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime yeah. himself, total Darth Vader move is playing Venger, the uh, the villain of the show. And I like that they have. Both Transformers. They've yeah. got Uni yeah, on opposite on sides. opposite Good sides. Exactly. You know, yeah. we've we've flipped. You know, we flipped the script. We go into the game world, and and down is up, and up is down, and Optimus Prime is a bad guy. Yeah. You know, even his magic spells make the same sound effect as Optimus Prime's blaster, which was which was crazy. And I just noticed that today. I was mm. like, holy, yeah, yeah. You're right? Yeah. Oh, you could swear on. Oh, good. Yeah, if I'm such a square. I'm like, well, we got this Cocoa Puffs. I can't say holy shit, you know. Yeah. Um, so before we get into the specifics of the episode, uh, Kevin sort of touched on the, the whole Satan panic of the 80s. Uh, I'm just stealing this quote directly from uh, Wikipedia on the uh, cartoon, but it was talking about the uh, level of violence was controversial for American television uh, children's programming at the time. And there was this one specific episode. It's not the one we watched, but it's called The Dragon's Graveyard. Uh, it was almost shelved because the characters actually contemplated killing Venger, their nemesis. So I, I guess the kids contemplated killing the bad guy. Um, and in 85, which I believe is the last year of running the show, the National Coalition on Television Violence demanded that the FTC run a warning during each broadcast of this episode stating that Dungeons and Dragons has been linked to real life violent deaths which if you uh, if you've ever seen the very very early Tom Hanks movie uh, Mazes and Monsters Mazes and Monsters yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect example of that sort of uh, <laughs> paranoia over this game corrupting children mm, yeah which it didn't it didn't Oh, it's all the do-gooders. Now we have EI on the top left-hand corner of every show. And they're not even cartoons. What is EI? Educational and informative. Oh, my God. I just... We've changed. Remember when we just encouraged people to go play and get hurt and fall off shit? And now it's like, uh, all right. No. We sound old. Yeah, we are old. We are old. We had cartoons that encouraged us to go get violent. And I was wondering about that because it's like you watch this show... Uh, they get magical weapons. Uh, I've played the game. You kind of need weapons to fight monsters. Uh, they get a stick. They get a magic stick. There's a bag. There's a bag. <laughs> uh, a hat. A cloak. And one one of them has a bow that shoots magic arrows. And it is the greatest weapon that they only the only weapon they have. They don't have a sword. They don't have a dagger. Um, which one guy has a shield? Uh, so I'm being an awful host here, but uh, so we watched the first episode of this series, and I for- neglected to write down the title of the episode. Do either of you have the night of no tomorrow? The night of no tomorrow. Yes. Oh yeah, man. That's right up there with the dragon's graveyard. Yeah, it's a great title, and like they have some really. I, I feel like some of these titles that might have been cobbled from actual modules or adventures, but that was such a good title. I was like, what a great. Pilot, like I'm all excited uh, for this episode, but yeah, the night of no tomorrow. So, um, either you want to go into the sort of basic premise of this date? Oh, uh, you want me? Okay, so basically, well, it's the intro. It's the first episode, so the the kids are on a uh, a, a, a looks like a ride at a park. I don't know if it's the, the fair, if just it's a just roller yeah. coaster, roller coaster, thing. yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're going the Dungeons and Dragons ride, and they're having fun, and then. 
What happens next, Kevin? Uh, they get sucked into a world of mysteries yeah, and magic, and they're suddenly not their uh, regular teen selves. They're all trekked out in uh, bondage gear or uh, some sort of erotic uh, ensemble, uh, from a barbarian to an acrobat to a thief. Uh, we got a uh, we got a battle cat scratching in the background. The battle cat really dug this show as much. Good idea as... for a new cartoon. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I should preface this with where, where yeah, I, I meant to uh, set up some uh, decent recording equipment at my uh, my apartment here and uh, essentially failed due to a lack of a power supply. So yeah, uh, how's be... the how are the levels now? Yeah. Is it is it is it does it sound like the the mic gains a little too? I, I'm guessing a, a replacement Kevin might be a little high, but I think we're probably good we're here. Probably good. I think we're good. But uh, uh, if anyone hears my cat scratching in the background, that's uh, yeah the the perils of recording in an apartment this episode <laughs> instead of a radio studio last episode. But we'll um, get everybody back up to Nashua soon. <laughs> so the I guess we can get into the characters and yeah. I oh, the stereotypes and uh, hilarity galore. Um, I guess let's go around. Anyone have a favorite from this? Um, well, I guess I, I think I kind of hate them. Like the let's just face it, Eric the Cavalier is just the rich dick from across the lake. Oh my god, he's a monster. He's a monster. He has nothing valuable to contribute except be a thorn and bitch about everything. His his special item that he gets from the dungeon master is a shield uh so he can and, you know and all he does is just bitch the whole show he complains and too he, he reminds he's got an accent just like potsy from yeah, happy days it's like they took all of the negatives of potsy and they gave him a shield and they forced him not like he got he's clearly forced into being in the game world he's that guy that it shows up to your game or your party and you're and you are and you just have to deal with him. Like everybody else is like, oh, this is exciting, this is an adventure, and he's like, oh, this sucks, man. I just want to get out of here. My dad has a yacht, and it's like, oh god, this guy. <laughs> We're gonna as soon as he, you're just like, can the dragon just eat him now? Right. Yeah, there would be zero tears shed from actual friends in that party if that guy bit it. I got to admit, Hank the Ranger had one of the most whiniest voices. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, but uh, Willie Ames. Willie Ames from Charles in Charge. I was like, uh, wait a minute. Bible man. Himself. Bible man himself. Of course, Bible man himself has to be the hero uh, of the party. And I'm also kind of like, can we uh, maybe keep the ranger uh, away from you know everybody? He just has that kind of creepy. They give him the blonde hair. He just seems like that kind of overdone white savior. Uh, the eighties had a lot of that. <laughs> But my, my personal favorite, the the little eight year old boy, uh, Bobby, Adam Rich, Bobby the Barbarian, <laughs> played by Adam Rich, who was also on Eight Is Enough. That's oh. right. That's right. This this kid uh, early in the episode, the, the, for a first episode, it's kind of weird because all that exposition of them getting um, transported to this world on this roller coaster and whatnot essentially happens in the opening credits. And they're just sort of there at the yeah. beginning of this episode. So they're not like, how did we land here? Why have we transformed into the, these these know, characters? Why am I suddenly? Why am I clothes? Why am I wearing a furry loincloth and walking around with a bone bow staff like uh, Grace Jones and oh, Conan the Destroyer, why? which just came out like a year before? I was like, oh, come on! <laughs> but um, but you know, I, I guess maybe from a gaming perspective. It drops you in, and it's it might be in a way kind of mirroring like your first campaign session. Oh, interesting. Which you're, I you're I, I was thinking, yeah, and I was thinking about that when we were watching. I was like, Jesus, there's a lot of exposition here that they're just literally telling us everything. But I'm like, oh, maybe these are people sitting down to play the game for the very first time. You don't have a backstory. You don't play like a zero level character. You're already in it. Like you you've got some experience, and you're just in this town or in this world. So I guess I kind of. Forgive him for that, because it feels a little bit more like, all right, you guys are now here, and I'm just going to say why, what this place is, and how it works. So I was like, I, I kind of forgive it a little bit, because it did feel like, we looked at each other, we're like, that is a lot of exposition. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's just what a game is like, especially if you're, like, kids, you know, playing for the very first time. Mm. Yeah, and, and you're in that uh, early episode, like yeah. the Hammerman last week, right. or last time we recorded. 
we uh, we also watched that first episode. And yeah. you need to get a lot of the premise kind of crammed in there. Yeah, but it is the pilot episode, so they're, they are, like, really throwing a lot at you. So. Right, exactly. I think most shows, they give a little bit to the viewer, and then they build up the series yeah. if the series takes off, which yeah. Superman, obviously, there was no way that it was that was going to happen yeah. with Dungeons and Dragons. A little more universal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just kind of jump in. Here's a bunch of exposition. Thankfully, they weren't going to spend the whole episode at that valley yelling into it because I felt like that scene of like, oh, my God, there's an echo. But I guess that's kind of like kids playing a game. They're like, oh, really? Can I can I, can I, I be a murder hobo and just kill this whole village? Well, it, it was very much kids playing a game. Yeah. Like, like the little Bobby the Barbarian character I was talking about, this, this giant dragon, which for some reason another character, the one who looks like... Uh, Daphne from Scooby-Doo, whose name I'm blank. Oh, about. Sheila, the thief? Uh, the thief that looks... Why does she have a magic cloak? She looks like she should be a wizard, like, but she's the thief. Uh, so I, I believe it's somewhere on the wiki, but I believe in other countries that were broadcasting it, they had different classes or different names in there. I'd have to do a little... Oh, yeah. Thing, but I think it might have been specifically her. But... Uh, Anyway, she knows this dragon's name is Tiamat for some reason, but little eight-year-old Bobby, like, thinking he's playing a game, just grabs his club, which oh. starts glowing, and just runs at this dragon. And this happens twice during this yeah. episode. Yeah, like, which is not like, yeah, just... Let's, let's let the small child for, run at the monster. For reference, which is funny, because it, the dragon is Tiamat, the five-headed dragon, which is a god in the game, and I just love that it. That's totally just like a kid playing this first time. I'm like, all right, just I'm gonna, go nuts. I, I'm gonna attack the darkness, and just runs. And I, and it, I actually, you know, Bobby might be my favorite character because he's hilarious and he's just doing silly, stupid stuff. But runs at this dragon, and it, you'd expect the next scene to be, uh, okay, roll, roll a one, and then right. the dragon just eats him. But uh, yeah, <laughs> there, and they immediately scream. Uh, that dragon's indestructible. Well, it, it stands to reason that they would let a small child go after a five-headed dragon. Oh, six-headed dragon, Especially if they're hanging around somebody like Merlin, stroking yeah. his beard. Stroking his beard, yeah. Why not just send... It's a very Scooby-Doo thing to send a bunch of children to save the world from something completely indestructible and dangerous. Oh, and, uh, I mean, with sticks that glow. <laughs> this uh, this episode has its own little uh, Scooby-Doo-like twist a little later. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Merlin. Oh, yeah. So, so the kid kids after this encounter with the dragon uh plot exposition happens you save this town there's a prophecy helix yeah they got to save helix from the the reign of dragons which oh we haven't seen any dragons yet besides, yet besides that giant that one. giant one <laughs> that probably would have ignored the town if oh. you didn't go screwing around with your glowy stick to poke it and who'd want to have Presto on on his team? The way he just oh, whined through Presto. the episode, like, "Oh my God, I'm not." I don't this. think I should be doing magic on account of uh, my asthma. You know, he's like Piggy from uh, uh, Lord of the Flies, kind of just oh. like whiner. Well, it's like the Chucky Finster of the. Oh, the group. totally! Like, yeah, like, well, like, try to do a spell, and I'll, I'll summon a bunch of burgers. It's, it's that '80s nerd stereotype. Yeah. Like, he looks like a character out of the Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't realize until the '90s that nerds are awesome. And uh, yeah, I think it took us a little longer than the '90s. Yeah, the '90s yeah. nerd <laughs> stereotype well into I think up into the new millennium. Like, but yeah, Presto, like, I, he, he's like a magician. Like, uh, he's gonna, I don't know, he's gonna do some card tricks? In, uh, in at, a... at some point or another, well, twice in this episode, he produces a cow. I mean, I guess that's yeah. something he pulls a cow out of a bag. I mean, they could have just given the cow to the dragon and been like, hey, here's a cow, don't eat this whole town, I'll give you all the cows you need. <laughs> you know, probably could have found a good balance if they had a druid. They'd be like, well, maybe we can find some balance between uh, nature and the, and the city, but, yeah. Uh, Presto uh, gets picked up by Merlin and decides immediately, oh yeah, I don't want to go home because I like doing magic now. And it just uh, seems a little off. I think we immediately looked at it and he's like, oh, uh, you've got some magic there, young man. Oh, <laughs> uh, this, this Merlin, or maybe not Merlin, spo yeah. spoiler alert if you haven't seen the episode, it's just this really creepy vibe. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, you could do some magic. I'm like, this is... This is. I was like, get you know, get Dumbledore on the phone. We got we got some Stranger Danger coming on. He's like, <laughs> I want to teach you. Eighties term. Stranger. Stranger Danger. Danger alert should have been going off. 
These, this cartoon probably came out before that. Like, those kids, if they knew Stranger Danger, they would have known something was up with Merlin stroking his rabbit. Whoa. Or, oh. excuse me, his white hair, which were like, why Why does he have to be a dick about it? Oh, it's a hair, not a rabbit. I was like, oh, so he's he's creepy and an asshole to well, kids. Well, I think... The, when when did this when did this air? Nineteen eighty three, September seventeenth, nineteen eighty three, December seventh, nineteen eighty five. That was the original release, the uh, the run of the series. So I think that was around the time of the the issue of Stranger Danger starting. Oh yeah, there were place. numerous wizard kidnappings of young boys, oh, and, and they needed lots. to they needed to like we need to teach them to fear magic. So uh, it, it's not a cartoon, but uh, perhaps as a uh, future bonus content on uh, another episode, I've got this VHS that incorporates um, some uh, some Saturday morning cartoon characters here and there, uh, narrated by Henry Winkler, who also plays the Fonz in this called uh, Strong Kids, Safe Kids. And it's essentially <laughs> this 45-minute-long uh, uh, mid-'80s special devoted to sort of this topic. And oh my God. it's got some musical numbers. Uh, oh, maybe this is the uh, best. We maybe, should maybe we should do this as yeah, a bonus episode. Yeah, maybe we can yeah, have you back for that time. as an uh, unofficial episode at yeah. some point. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, oh, I guess we should we should probably highlight that it the uh, the whole rabbit hair thing is a callback to the DM throwing out that you will you'll know your your foe by his white hair which seemed like a weird right like heavy-handed like kind of scooby-doo clue because we find out later after uh presto wants to stick around and become you know trained by merlin the greatest which i kind of felt was weird here we are in dungeons and dragons and the wizards are merlin like we're getting into somebody else's ip but like you think they would have learned their lesson after uh, the monsters manual when they just borrowed monsters from other people's uh, lore, like H.P. Lovecraft, and be like, "Oh yeah, we'll just do Merlin." I was like, "Why don't we just do the Arthurian legend cartoon series?" Like, but you know, there uh, there was a decent one of those. Uh, yeah, later on, where uh, some football team. Yeah, football team. Yeah, what was it? The Knights, Arthur's Knights. Yeah. A football team gets at a bus, gets struck by lightning, oh and God. sent back to the past to become the Knights of the Round. And I was like, yeah. Because we learned our lesson that we send a bunch of nerds to play D&D and they couldn't save the world, so let's send <laughs> a bus full of jocks to get out there and crush puss and fight the evil. Yeah. So I have vague memories of this cartoon airing. I was born in 81, so it must have been reruns or catching toward the very end of this. Dave, you haven't seen I this never, before, I didn't even know that D&D was an actual series, let alone an actual thing, like I said, until my college years. And uh, so it's going to shock everybody listening at home that I, I didn't know that this was a thing until just now. Oh, <laughs> wow. Kevin, do you remember watching this as a kid? Yes, as a small a child. Really? I mean, I just watched TV all the time as yeah. a little kid. Like, you know, I remember, what was it, like so 6 a.m.? So did I. How did I miss this? I don't know. Maybe you were just, like, in a void. I don't know. If, I was like, born in 84. I don't, maybe it's the fact I grew up in Idaho, and maybe it took, like, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Like, it's like everything's, like, five, ten years behind back there, but... I remember watching this. I remember watching Captain and the Game Master. Um, I remember. I feel like seeing D and D, the cartoon, uh, maybe even at like on VHS at like a comic book store or something. But like you know, eighty four, eighty five was four, five at the time. So, you know, because I remember all the classics: Thundercats, Silverhawks, comic strip, uh, Alf, uh, Ducktales. Oh, I feel like those all came out at the same time, but those just ran longer. Like, right. I, I was surprised. Thundercats, I think, had like. 30 seasons. Yeah. You, oh, uh, did you see the new one that they're putting out on, on Cartoon Network? There's a third version of Thundercats because they had the original. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they, the original, obviously, the Rankin-Bass version. And then yeah. there was the second one where I think uh, just before he passed away, Arthur Rankin Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, was a consultant on that. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Jules Bass wasn't involved. But he passed away, uh, Arthur Rankin, a few years ago, and now they have a third Thundercats, and it's nothing like the original, yeah. or even the second, or even the reboot. Yeah, it's like uh, Teen Titans Go, right? I saw exactly. that it's kind of like a cutesy... Yeah. Eh, I think it's like... I I don't know. It, I'm, like, I'm, why do it at all if you can't do it right? Well, 
I don't know if we can really say the right way to do that stuff anymore because it's like, you know, it's when they do, they keep doing reboots. So it's like if they're going to make a car, they're going to make a cartoons for kids now. They're not going to be making it for thirty year olds and forty yeah, year olds. No, no. That's true. That you know, it's like sense. as much as I loved that show growing up, like maybe it's just like. You go back and you watch some of those things. Like you go back and watch Speed Racer, and you're like, oh, a lot of these things are really dated yeah, yeah. and racist yeah. and misogynist. Yeah. Maybe we need to change yeah. some stuff. I don't know. You know I the, Thundercats that. wasn't like that, but they're like kids aren't going to get this maybe the same way. And maybe they're just like, we need something funny. They might just think funny is the way to go to yeah, get these things in your life. The, the, the demographics change over but, the years. The, but I miss it. I love now. You know, watching we a show raised. like Dungeons and Dragons, like I feel like we were really blessed with cartoons. Like it's really it's you know, it's painted. Like was this was this done by Japan, it was, it was uh, Japan yeah, but it, it, it but it had it kind of that bashy like look to a lot of their cartoons. Like yeah. we had so many great cartoons growing up. And I feel like, you know, there, there's just something missing because you don't have Saturday morning cartoons yeah. anymore. No. And I forget when yeah. that happened. That is yeah, so about, crazy. About 2014, I think we... Yeah, was, I think the last, the last cartoon just went off the that's air. That's so sad, right? Like, yeah. that's just weird because, I mean, that's been around for decades. Like, yeah. kids would get up, watch cartoons, have cereal, and now it's like, you know, the that's... The Children's Television Resource Act of 1990 played a huge part in making sure that all cartoons were... And sorry to stop your running. Oh, no, no worries. Well, no, it was just that, uh, I guess, the parents, the do-gooders, were complaining that all these shows, including D&D, were uh -huh. causing violence in the homes, and the kids couldn't separate fantasy from reality, so uh -huh. they all start complaining to their congresspeople, <sighs> and you have the... Um, the that and the uh, the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which we all know deregulated oh, media, yeah. and uh, this it, is like a plot. Any... This is like a plot right out of yeah. the awesome. I, I, why didn't I mention this earlier? Because one of my other favorite cartoons was the X Men cartoon on Fox. Oh, yeah. this feels like a plot right out of the X Men cartoon. Yeah, yeah, like we have the Cartoon Registration Act, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna eradicate all cool cartoons, or and then it just becomes more and more severe, and it's like. Yeah, the, the, the crayons. Crayons were the problem. They shouldn't have given them multicolored crayons. Those were, you know, it, it, it's too much creativity. The kids can't or, distinguish oh, between reality. The Simpsons, the independent, two independent thought alarms. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, like, will they remove the uh, remove the, the chalk. chalk? Yeah, I wanted you skin them, didn't I? Wanted you. It was forged by Lucifer himself. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, to some degree, it's access to these things too, because like cartoons when we were ch children. It was Saturday mornings and, you know, After afternoon, post-school for yeah. a few hours. That was our limited time. Like, I, I hate to place the the blame on them because it was such an awesome thing when it came around, but the things like Cartoon Network, you know, were yeah. just available well, that's part of deregulation. Yeah, yeah. Re removes, like, oh, I have this set time period where I have an opportunity to yeah. see these things. So but that's it's, what I'm going to you do. You know, it's, it's awesome that we have things, like, where we have access to all the media. The fact that we could watch this on, you know, YouTube, you know, have it on DVD. We can get so much media. But I think there's something lacking where I like it when things were curated for us. You yeah. know, like... You, I know a lot of people watch things, you know, they, it's not TiVo now, but it's like on demand or, you know, they save it or they just DVR. watch it online, DVR, right? But like, I felt there was something communal about, we knew this show would come on, like X-Files on Fridays at seven, right? Like we, or Saturday morning cartoons, like I remember staying up with friends, we'd stay up. We because we, we were worried that we would sleep in, we'd stay up to catch the first one, maybe sometimes sleep all, all night and catch that because that might be the only time to catch that cartoon that thing, yeah. uh, unless you had a you know VCR and recorded that uh, and it's something that's kind of lost when you when you're not watching it together like it's know. it's why um sports like big sporting events continue to be like the highest rated things out there it's one of those few appointment viewing kind of things it's live yeah. in, in the moment like yeah. oh I need to watch this now or it'll be ruined for me later which right. like spoiler heavy shows like your Game of Thrones and whatnot, people will all go watch that live right. because they're afraid of having it ruined for them but you don't get that experience a lot of other no, places no you don't and back in the 80s, it wasn't like they didn't have sports. So you used to have cartoons in the morning. You'd maybe have something like bowling on in the afternoon or something bigger like basketball or hockey. And that was 
that's a good afternoon. Well, I also, did, I was curious, do you guys notice this? I felt like sometimes the cartoons had like, they, they curated to a certain target demo, like age-wise, early, uh, like it was younger, and then it was like more teen, and then it was like they're kind of priming you to like go outside. Yeah. And the transitional point, that like the cutoff for everyone, is I think uh, back when, it, you know, I was growing up in Boise, I think Batman, the, the classic TV awesome Adam West TV show, came on on Saturdays, like in the middle of the day, and then it was like golf. And it was like, okay, this is something that brings everyone together, but kids, you know, the TV is going to be boring the rest of the day after, you know, because what could compete after you've had Adam West yeah. give you some, you know. Right. But I also think the cartoons back in those days were not just for kids, but they were also for adults. And it was yeah. very, it was very easy to do because a lot of the, the attitudes compared to now, I don't think they were as worried about political correctness. And I'm, yeah. I don't want to get into that whole thing, but... It, it oh, is yeah, certainly... like, I mean, like, uh, you know, Warner Brothers cartoons, so many of those references, it's not like that it was inappropriate, but it's just, there's so many references and movies and, yeah. and, and polit you know, politics or, you know, jokes about a president might be packaged in there and people are, don't, kids don't get that, what Daffy Duck's saying, but dad or grandpa's like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Gremlins from the Kremlin. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Well, even, even back, even well into the 90s when you had Ren and Stimpy and, and Rugrats and mm -hmm. then, you know, Ah, Real Monsters, that's I another one. I love that show. Ah, Real Monsters, another great one. Well, they're the same people that uh, came out with Duckman and I felt like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought Class they were animation. B, what was it? Uh, Classbo? Uh, the Class Classbo? Uh, yeah, yeah, something along with yeah, yeah. Some, the internet will correct this. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but it was the same animation. It was the same style, and it was the same themes. One was a little more of a younger demographic, and the other was uh, with Duckman. They told you what you didn't want to hear, but you needed to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot all about Duckman. Yeah, Duckman's a great one. Duckman was great. It, uh, was, was that Jason Alexander? Yeah, Jason Alexander. Yeah. 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 George Costanza. George Costanza. Yeah. As yep. in, oh, yeah. 1994 through 1997. My favorite scene is the. Uh, um, and, they, and that predicted the future too. Um, I know we're going off topic. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's cartoons. It's cartoons. No, but this was no. Place. This was on Saturday nights on USA. Actually, uh, for adults, Duckman. There was a there was one scene that I remember. Uh, there were two women standing around a beach, and they're and they're like, I can't believe how good I look, and I'm 104 years old. And then one guy walks by with a pizza, uh -huh. and the smell. You could see the little stink lines from the pizza, and then they yeah. just melt. <laughs> But it is true. Such Everybody a unique style of animation. Yeah, 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 it is true. Everybody wants to look younger. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what I'm going to look like when I'm 90. Hopefully not 40. <laughs> Hopefully I just look 80. It's like I'd love to look 40 when I'm 90, but uh, I, I don't know. If I I think like my I'm if I look kind of close to this, not like I'm some sort of Brad. Pitt. I just <laughs> I'd like to look like kind of a Dorian Gray, like keep that, <laughs> keep that 40. If it's a good 40, I don't want it to be like some sort of monkey's paw wish where it's like, oh, you're going to look 90 when you turn 40 and you're going to get that for 50 years. I don't, I don't want to look like That's my luck. I don't want to look good. I just want to have bionic shit. Oh. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. We're going to need it. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll circle back around yeah. and uh, maybe yeah. wrap up with some final thoughts <laughs> on this. Uh, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons podcast here. Um, so one thought I had while watching it is, well, toy marketing. Oh each, yeah. Each one of these characters had their like one like signature weapon, weapon. signature like weapon to go along with them. There's Total like, stingy DM. You get one. And it's not just the one magic item. It's like one item. Like you get a shield. Yeah. Good luck. I didn't even know if it was magic. But. but uh, I don't recall there being necessarily toys for this. I feel like yeah. they might have had something for one of the like villains or something. But it, it just I feel like the like toys came out a little later. And yeah, like yeah. I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, D D was so, so big late seventies, early eighties. Like it was just yeah. a cash machine. As you can see in the cartoon, I'm like, there was a D D themed roller coaster ride. I was like, Gary Gygax is flush <laughs> with money. Good good for him. Um, but I feel like some of the toys for this came out more for us. They were like more the nostalgia crowd. Yeah. There's definitely, you can see them, but I feel like a lot of those were coming out more like the nineties yeah. uh, and, and later. Um, maybe cause I don't know, there were just so many toys going on. I remember seeing more street shark toys than, you know, D &D. God. street oh, sharks. Oh God. That's one we'll have to revisit. Yeah. We have to go yeah. revisit street sharks. That was awesome. Uh. Mark? Why don't I know that one either? What? Uh, Street Sharks was the 
the post post Ninja Turtles. Uh, oh, okay. Now I know. Yeah, it around, was around the time the word extreme started getting turned yeah. into everything. It's like when people they split the atom, which was uh, turning Coke into Jolt, and they're yeah. like, "Oh my God! If we make more toys, uh, if we can just cartoons are yeah. are are purely a marketing device for toys, we need to make a Ninja Turtles." But and... it was always yeah those those <laughs> human animal hybrids. You had your street sharks. You had your, your well, ninja turtles. Of course, you had your uh, your biker mice from, from Mars. Mars. Your uh, your super samurai pizza cats, which was probably the most uh, ninja. Turtles oh my god! Yeah, that was like how did they not yeah, get they, shut yeah, down? Yeah, there was a Toxic Avengers. Uh, yeah, uh, was it the Inhumanoids or something like uh, that? that <laughs> Inhumanoids yeah. was a fun show. Yeah, was it the dark, dark, super dark? What like was the that monsters? Fox? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't remember. I mean, it must have been... Fox must or have been WB? Like 87, 87. Yeah. Oh, no, so. okay, yeah. so it wouldn't yeah. be Fox or WB. It would probably be on... Yeah, one of, one of the main networks. I had a, I had a, uh, I have a great video of my childhood, uh, Christmas morning, getting a toy from Inhumanoids, and the toy is of this creature called Decompose, which uh, is this giant monster that lived underground, and it had like the a rib cage, rib cage <laughs> yeah, that, that you... opened up, and you would shove your other figures inside of it, and it would hold them in in the rib cage, which you'd see some of the guts behind it too. And oh it my god! Hold it in, yeah. It like a that show was awesome because it was like it was kind of scary for kids. Like I, that's what I miss is like yeah. you know before they got desensitized, there was like cartoons were a little darker. That, and... that was a, a serialized one too. Yeah, like each episode ran into yep. the next if you sort of watched. All together, it would be, yeah, you know, no. like a mini series. Like Gargoyles did that. Gargoyles, oh my god, Gargoyles, Gargoyles I think might have been the best written and done that was cartoon such a ever. Show. I mean, they had like the entire cast from Star Trek, yeah, uh, the next generation on there. Uh, they had a references <laughs> and allusions to Macbeth. Macbeth was actually a villain, um, but yeah, like I feel like they started to realize the kids were growing up, but they were still watching cartoons, right? So let's do cartoons. That sort of transitional... That transition that, that, that can have more of a cohesive storyline. Because I feel like with Dungeons & Dragons, uh, everything felt a little more episodic. Like, the only thing yeah. that was really con- continuity-wise was, like, uh, you these kids want to leave You're and go home, home. And, yeah. and the DM. Which is funny, because it's like a role reversal. Like, kids want to escape reality into D&D. These kids want to get out of D&D. Yeah. Into... That's why I was like, I love this cartoon, but I'm like, these characters don't realize they're... They don't want to be in their cartoon. Uh, like, they're the stars. I'm like, stop being jerks. Uh, yeah. You can literally summon, you know, you could you, you, you could do some cool stuff. Uh, you just gotta, you gotta figure out how to play better. It's like people that are bitching about in a game session, they're like, oh, my character's weak. I can't do anything. It's like, well, you're not thinking really creatively. You want to go kill the bad guy that's literally giving you the plot hook. Right. For your adventure, you're not going to kill that guy. You're going to get your ass kicked. You know, he's going to sweep the leg Johnny on you so. <laughs> and school you. You've got a glowing tree trunk. It's a damn dragon uh, that's indestructible as well. So um, so I guess final thoughts do we uh, on, on the... Um... On the, this episode of this show, uh, I say it held up. Uh, I, I think this was probably the most watchable of the three we've watched so far. And, uh-huh. and I liked it. Together it's fun. Yeah, the 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 animation and and the artwork on this was really good. It and it's it's like compared to some of those that you miss from your childhood, and you go back and watch it. Like oh, this is kind of weak. <laughs> Anything filmation? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But uh, yeah. I, yeah, I liked it. It was simplistic. It was not over the top, and I think that's how kids were raised back in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. I mean, the violence was there, but it wasn't like blood and guts. No right. one's getting like like the magic arrows that are getting shot are like glowing <laughs> yellow things. That just kind of they were literally to get him out of trouble. He shoots a character's weapon and pins him to a wall instead of like I was like. He's MacGyver with a bow. Like they're oh. finding all the solutions to like they're like, oh, we were like so uh, pacifism. That's in right. Let's have a bud- a bloodless adventuring party. So I, I, if we weren't such a prudish society, I would say that we we could also have uh, some of the shows on HBO uh, doing doing the cartoons. Game of Thrones cartoon would just be a, a, oh, a I'd love that Saturday morning. The yeah. kids would love that if 
You could I, maybe. Yeah, I really like that idea. That would be awesome. They would have to tone down a lot. They could tone that. it down, but it could it could be done. Oh my god! Yeah, of course. It's such an interesting story. You don't need to have all of the the Lannister dark shit in there. Uh, and HBO, if you're listening and want us to write on this, more than willing. Just throw yeah, it out there. I will totally adapt. I will crank out. We will crank out so many episodes. I know George R. R. Martin's a little behind on that book, uh, but we could probably write 30 episodes for this cartoon. Stranger Things would be another... Why? Type. Oh, my God. Why isn't that yeah, a cartoon? Why aren't these things it. happening? Yeah. Duffer Brothers, call us. Let's make yeah. this cartoon happen. Oh, I love it. Or we can take credit for it right now. Oh, yeah. We can invest in a in a studio. We could. Go we out could. to uh, the... We should adapt our childhood. Pacific Rim. Oh, that would be a fun one. And there were a lot well, of those Kickstarter back in the campaign. Day. Like you had your like, um, which um, we might cover on a future episode, so I won't go too far into it. But like, there's a Men in Black cartoon. You know, you have the movie. Oh my! I remember. Yeah, that was yeah. I feel like any really good movie, they got they got wise and they just pushed out down the chain of command of how to market it. It went from movie to cartoon to toys to video game. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure right. was an awesome cartoon. Yeah. Ghostbusters was an amazing cartoon. Oh, real Ghostbusters. Real Ghostbusters. So, Beetlejuice was was one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a great one. So we were talking earlier about things um, being remade and then going back and watching the original and maybe it aged poorly. So apparently, I've heard recently, it's finally confirmed that third Bill and Ted movie is coming out. Yes, it is. I went back and watched the first two recently. Still funny, but a lot of homophobia. I'm like, oh, oh my god, god. yeah, I completely forgot about that. Every 80s, 80s movie. movie. Yeah, every 80s like, movie oh. isn't just like gay. It was just like, they like, pat him on the back. It's like, fag. I was like, ooh. You know, like, whoops. There's a lot of that in Monster Squad. Yes, like, totally. I'm like, just and, like, oh. And there was like the female yeah, protagonist was the prey, and every dude or the one dude was just trying to use all these corny pickup lines, yeah. and she said no several times. Yeah. Ghostbusters had that too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. sympathetic, the sympathetic nerd, and, and, oh, yeah. and the. <laughs> I mean, I, I mentioned it before, but I think probably my most troubling along those lines is if you ever go back and watch the original Revenge of the. Nerds. I was just gonna say Reven- that. Um, so I guess we can get into our cereal now. Oh, maybe maybe take a little pause, Dave. And any other thoughts? Nope, or? that's it. Let's and do it. Uh, I, I have thoughts on the uh, the cocoa puffs. All right. oh, it's yeah. totally vegan, but I did you, not know that. Yeah, it is. I looked at the ingredients. I thought clearly chocolate. They had to kill a couple of cows because it's so good. Oh, I guess you don't need to. All right. So you want me to prep it, or you guys want? Let's pause for a Let's second. Let's pause and, and uh, dig into some. Get this all together, and we'll all give right. you a chance at home. To fire up some of your own cocoa puffs. I'll edit this out, yeah. yeah. Alright, I'm gonna go check the time. Cool. Alright, we are back, and uh, we poured uh, Kevin's selection of uh, cereal here. Uh, you wanna tell him what you chose? I chose, it was tough for me to choose between two of my favorites. Uh, favorites are Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs, but I went with Cocoa Puffs. Uh, <laughs> Because, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I, I felt, uh, I think this was probably the one I was actually able to trick. My mom I, is is awesome, but was always such a stickler for, it's like, well, those cereals are just full of sugar. And I'm like, well, I'll have regular breakfast. I just like them as a snack. But this yeah. was one of those things that I think was and like. you're going to eat it all, she said. You're right? going to eat it, of course, I'd eat it all. This seemed somewhat healthier than a thing that is just, uh. A vehicle for diabetes. That in is lucky, lucky charms. Have you have you had? There's marshmallows dipped in sugar and then frosted, and even the oat thingies are frosted and dipped in sugar. I, and oh, lucky that's charms. true. Yeah. Also, okay. I believe they've. Uh, and we've just established that these are vegan. Apparently, they so. actually are. Okay. We've reduced. They've reduced the amount of sugar in these over the year too, so they might All not the be do-gooders. as as sweet as they were during our youth. So I've got a little bit of a history on cocoa puffs here. Uh, they're introduced in 1958 by General Mills. They're essentially orbs of corn, oats, and rice flavored with cocoa. Uh, I never realized this before now, guys, but uh, they're essentially chocolate-flavored Kicks. It's the same company. Kicks yeah. came, came beforehand, and uh, this one might blow your mind. Uh-oh. Tricks 
the fruit flavored version of Kicks as well. It, it, it's just it's just oh. different flavors of Kicks. Each one I think came in the late fifties or oh, so. Oh wow! Kicks came rabbit. about in the late thirties. And Kicks <sighs> was my line as far as my mother and, he- and healthy cereals go. Like, oh, it's not covered with any sort of frosting or anything like Those that. Are good. That was the most like that kind of in between where I could land. I'm like, yeah. oh, Kicks, yeah, we'll let you have that. So. Uh, other varieties of Cocoa Pops have been introduced over the years. Uh, there were Cocoa Pop Combos, uh, which I actually don't have much of information on. Well, what's a combo? Still exa- I don't know what was a combo combined with. Uh, like the snack? Like, was it like pepperoni? Pepperoni and, and Cocoa Pop Combos. Buffalo, and, uh, buffalo tricks. Cocoa Pop Brownie Crunch, which I want That just so sounds Oh my god, that sounds delicious. But uh, I haven't seen it. So Wait, brown, brown? Oh, Cocoa Pop Brownie Crunch, yeah. That actually does sound pretty good. That yeah, sounds, sounds really delicious. good. Uh, so I guess the first thing you think of when you think of Cocoa Pops, which, you know, going back to our uh, episode we t- when we touched upon Frosted Flakes, is the mascot. Uh, Sunny the Cuckoo Bird. Uh, introduced really early, actually came about in 1962. Uh, and I got a little fun fact on the uh, the origin of Sunny name. Apparently in the early commercials, there was another character along with him, his grandfather, who went by Gramps. <laughs> so so Gramps and Sunny were uh, the pair of them. Uh, and uh, another fun fact, the guy who uh, designed Sunny the Cuckoo Birds, the uh, I'm Cuckoo for Cocoa Pups character, was this guy, uh, Myron Natwick, who went by the nickname Grim, which is kind of uh, <laughs> awesome. But uh, he's the same guy who created Betty Boop. What? Like, he, like, like 30, 40 years before this. Uh, yeah, so Sunny the uh, Cuckoo Bird and uh, Betty Boop. Share in origin. Boop boop ba doop. Nice. So, um, I guess thoughts. I, I'm really liking these. Well, I this don't... is we're getting to actually because I've just inhaled <laughs> this. Although I no, might need really? to get some more. Oh yeah, oh, yeah I'll. Uh, Can I'll I get a little more? You, uh... This is why I love Lucky Charms. Okay. They're really good, but my favorite when you're done with this cereal is the milk. <laughs> so you get chocolate milk after you have a little Cocoa Puffs. Lucky Charms is also... I am OCD, but go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I, I like that you know you can let it sit, so if you take a while, your milk picks up the flavor. Lucky Charms does this pretty yeah. well, too. Um, and I'm going to give a shout-out to an awesome coffee shop Ooh. up in Salem. Salem, uh, Mass? Salem, Mass. Okay. Brewbox does this with their lattes. They have a latte that's called a cereal milk latte. And that the milk that they use for that, they set in cereal. So it changes, and they might have a Fruit Loop one, they might have a Lucky Charms one, or they might have a Cocoa Puff one, and it's awesome. But I was ha- I went there with a friend like a year or two ago, and I was like, it just triggered that kind of sense memory. This is the this is the thing that I miss about like Saturday morning cartoons. You're watching a bunch of cartoons, you're having two or three bowls of cereal, and when you're done, you 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 still have that little treat. You know, it's like it's that. Uh, that flashback. So I should get into the, um, Dave's having coconut milk as he had last week. Uh, Kevin and I are having this, uh, hemp milk, which I don't think I've actually had before. I'm kind of loving it. It's like, pretty it's good. really decent. And you're, I got you're excited. all sorts of colors yeah. and shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was excited because I thought we were going to do some edibles. So I was like, yeah, I want to have hemp milk. So we put some dabs in here, and we're gonna go. We're gonna watch. <laughs> we're gonna watch some Frank Frank Bashy Wizards. Interesting fact: you can stone see out of the our chocolate minds. into the you know seep into the milk, which obviously would make sense. But for me, that's the OCD kicking in. And we talked about this last week. I'm all about texture. I oh, mean, yeah? I like chocolate, and as a kid, I like milk, but I never liked chocolate milk. Really? See, I was a. I was telling Dave last week. I am a. I was a picky eater. I didn't eat pizza until I was eight years old. I didn't eat pasta until I was thirteen. When uh, were you mom... like kind of like a flavor segregationist? Well, or... you know, well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because not only was I all about the texture, but I was also about the smell. See, I was very sensitive when it came oh. to certain smells, and you know, I never. I'm, I'm like I was telling my girlfriend, like Doritos and Smart Food. Ugh, I can't do it. And it's just all about the texture. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just very... Weird. 
I, I, I mean, I don't mean that. I just that's no, I was, interesting. It's it's weird with me. I'm very OCD when it comes to what I eat and what I try. I still, mean, or yeah. or is this more well, like as you like as approach I got new? Old, as I got older, I mean, uh-huh. there's still certain foods that I'm just like, Ugh. but most really? most of the time, yeah, no, most of the most of my childhood was trying to get acclimated to certain foods. Pizza, I eventually grew into and, lo- and loved, and then uh, because pizza is wonderful. Pizza is <laughs> big wonderful. ups to pizza. pizza. Pizza, we're fans. Pizza, we're fans. Pizza brings everybody together. It's like the it's the harmonizing food. Cold pizza is the best. Oh, oh, at three in the morning. Cold pizza. That's one of those things. That, that's what I really experienced in college. I don't think I. I mean, I, 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 you know, whatever. We have pizza leftovers, but that was a thing that I'm with you. There's something about Saturday morning after a party, having a beer, uh, and a cold pizza, and playing video games because that's what you do in college. I have, I have a confession. Yeah. Uh, I once ate four consecutive pizza meals. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. It was, uh, so it was this dinner. I got pizza. The next morning I had uh, leftovers from that pizza for breakfast. Met friends for lunch at a very different style, kind of like thin crust, like fancy pizza place. Had that. And then later in the day, saw the leftovers of the original oh pizza <laughs> the day before. Like, why not try and keep this going? <laughs> when I have to ask, while you were doing this, did that score from Requiem for a Dream play oh. as you would get the pizza? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so I, I, I've got a little blood pressure cuff machine here. I should have just tested it between each meal. And... Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm oh, now no. bleeding mozzarella. <laughs> So, uh, texturally, these, uh, I'm yeah. surprised. We had this uh, fun, um, I should say these are made by General Mills. Last week, we, as one of our uh, cereals, we had this uh, donut shop, Kellogg's uh, Pink Donut Which flavored was cereal. What? That was, uh, it was really good. I, I'm saying this, I'd say this is number two so far. I'm liking it better than the Frosted Flakes, but that donut yeah. cereal, yeah. texturally... It held up to the milk. I was kind of expecting my memories of Cocoa Puffs. They're very crunchy. They don't 100% hold up to the milk. It, it does soak it in, and you do get, like, a textural change to them, I think. But I think, it, in a good way, it's almost like depending on your speed. Right, yeah. If you like it crunchier, you eat it crunchier, you get a little bit of the milk to kind of soften and make a yeah. flavor. But if you let it set in there, it does soak it up. It does get a little softer. If it has that, like... You've had like a second bowl or what, or third or whatever. So it's like the milk is getting chocolatier. It gets a little spongier, and it just yeah. kind of you know squirts the flavor out. Yeah, I yeah. do, I do like the texture of these a lot. Uh, I think with some of the things like I don't like those frosted flakes because they're like thin and kind of jagged, and sometimes you cut your mouth, right? Yeah, and then oh. when they're not sharp, it's yeah, mush. It's mush because they don't. They there's you know the surface area like something like this. It's like firmer. So it, I feel like. I think we have different approaches when we're talking about, like, texture yeah. stuff. I do like the crunch, and I do like the texture of that. It's very, it's you know, might seem more simple than some of these cereals. I, I don't think you're, you're any different from uh, Mr. Linquist, who's sitting across the table, uh, whereas I'm in the middle, and I'm looking at my, uh, I, I only took, like, six bites. And it's good, it's just, I don't know, chocolate and milk in the cereal doesn't do it for me because I never liked chocolate milk growing up. It was the smell. Mm. Chocolate, I'm not a big person. My cousin's the same way. She she never really got into chocolate. We were at um, Thanksgiving and he, he we had the chocolates, the sort of chocolates uh, around and he's like trying to feed it to her and you know, she's <laughs> like, no, please. Oh. And some people just don't like chocolate. I don't dislike chocolate, uh-huh. but I, I don't have that craving for yeah. chocolate. Yeah, that, that's that some... like, oh, chocolate. Oh, I got to have my chocolate. Yeah. Like, no, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. I don't dislike it, but if anything, I'm tr- contributing to saving chocolate, which will probably be extinct <laughs> in the next 40 years. Oh, no. Uh, th- no, that's actually true. Really? Yeah. Is it because of me? Because I've been having three and four bowls? I'm so sorry, chocolate. <laughs> I got all of it. <laughs> for, 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 our, for our listeners here, Dave just passed really? You don't want? Remaining no, I'm just, no, I'm, uh, I'm the worst. Oh, I my mean, God. Yes. Comes- but the weird thing is, <laughs> I, I'm I'm generous today. But um, we're seeing my, my eyes dilate like my, I've just shot up. My Ooh, o- chocolate. Hey, hey, thank my OCD for that. And, and it is probably OCD, and and, and I probably give out too much. But um, I love the fruity flavors of like now. If we're talking about fruity pebbles, if we're talking about 
Um, we should, we, should Captain, go the, we should go to Trix next because Trix is essentially yeah, flavored. This. Yeah, that is something that I will eat no matter what. That is good. That that I will eat even if it has milk products because I am vegan, as probably people know, and I know there are some some of you listening who are vegan and, and are like, "Well, Dave, how could you have something like that with uh, with uh, milk products? Most cereals have milk products. Well, um, apparently not." Yeah, uh, well, I guess a lot of them, they're probably vegan because you it's the milk that makes it vegan or not, right? Well, so. yeah, well, it's coconut milk, and then we got hemp milk. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we got some hemp milk in here. So, yeah, baby. So, so I'm this, taking so my sweater is, off. Yeah. This is mildly off topic, mm. and then I'm going into other cereals, but I actually read another little interesting tidbit. You know how I was getting at that these are essentially kicks, and then tricks are essentially... You know, the fruit-flavored version of this. I was reading something that they recently, uh, well, recently, 10, 15 years ago, changed the shape of tricks away from these kind of orbs to the shape of fruits. Yes, yeah. Really? It's gone back, but this was because they launched Berry Berry Kicks, which I think they were afraid people would realize is essentially the exact same thing as Well, that makes sense, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do we create another product without really creating it? But, uh... So, do we think the pairing is good here? The the um, can you see yourself, Dave? I'm guessing no. Uh, can you see yourself sitting and watching uh, watching the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon while eating a bowl of uh, cocoa puffs? Because I can see childhood me definitely doing this. How about you, Kevin? Uh, this was. I mean, I'm I'm biased. This was me. Yeah. I you know I think I thought back and forth. It really came down to either Lucky Charms or this. I thought Lucky Charms might be funny, magical. I hadn't thought about the pairing thematically but this was just this is childhood right here this well, is good this not, is yeah well no i was gonna say with lucky charms the big challenge is gonna try to it, me trying to not pick around the marshmallows which is i love marshmallows that that was what i would do as a kid i don't know about you kevin when you would get lucky charms you would you would just go right for the marshmallows or cow chocolate yeah yeah oh that was another great one so, i felt like cow chocula was the bridge between lucky charms and Cocoa Puffs. Oh, right. They are, you know, they were the <laughs> uniter. That's another good one. Yeah, but I love if I was, mar- If we were watching Ravenloft, the cartoon, ah. we would watch, we'd have some Count Chocolate. I or, still love marshmallows. That's something that... Uh, I have a discriminating palate. That's fine. So, um... I do. You a, like what you like. That's not... That's, a, uh, a co-worker of mine mentioned this to me recently. I think it may have to uh, come up on a future episode, but, um... You go on Amazon and search it out. Uh, they're clearly, they're not branded under Lucky Charms, but you can buy. I'm showing the guys here now. You can buy just a pound of cereal marshmallows to what? add to your own cereal of oh, choosing. Oh, that's awesome! Which is, oof, that's really something. Well, that's what we should do next. Is we should just start making our own cereal. We could, we could do that. We could. Uh, this is this is the age we live in. We can find our own marshmallows. Right. We can find whatever we want to be our base. And we, like some sort of scientists of flavor, make the best Saturday morning cartoon having cereal. Game of Thrones. Uh, we could make Game of Thrones cereal. <laughs> How good would that be? I love the bur- <laughs> How good would that oh, be? God, I... Little Tyrone mar- shaped marshmallows. <laughs> we take like the ghosts from from uh, from the Pac Man marshmallow and put them oh. in the uh, Pac Man game uh, cereal. Oh, that, oh. That, that's something we'll have to. I keep saying this, but we'll have to devote another. Uh, episode two in the future is yeah the, the Pac-Man marshmallows or the, those cereals that have sort of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, you 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 got that uh, Captain N the video game master earlier. And, they uh, had the double one. They yeah, had there was a Nintendo cereal two different sides. Yeah, one was either Mario or one was Zelda themed, and then it was but the box itself was Captain N. And, and these have actually really mirrored like the cartoons we've had so far. Uh, I neglected to mention it on our last episode, but. Uh, as far as the Muppets went, the Swedish chef had his own cereal. What? Port, 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 Crunchy stars. Not, not crunchy. Well, that would make sense. Crunchy stars. So, uh... Was it, like, fish-based or anything funny? <laughs> like, that's what they should have done, is they should have just gone full weird and been like, oh, this is what they have in Sweden. It's but, uh, a bunch of lingonberries and fish. But uh, <laughs> w- w- maybe when we get to, uh, I don't know, a year of doing this podcast or something like that, a lot. I'll uh, pony up and buy or, buy a box of old uh, expired cereal. So well, you can get that on the web. C3PO, you can actually get on eBay. Oh, you've seen? C, it's, it's C3PO's or something? C3PO's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just guessing. <laughs> I of love course, it. of course. Uh, 
over a million languages. All right. Well, uh, I think that about does it I here. Think so. uh, Kevin, you got any other plugs? Uh, the Twitter handle or the podcast? Uh, I am the White Ninja on Twitter uh, with How a Y T H E W H Y T E Ninja, like Ninja. Uh, I guess that's me on all my social media. Uh, I'm the White Ninja. I'm also uh, I am Higsby. Um, I am a talking Higgs boson particle. You can talk to Higsby on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to both of us on the Hadron Gospel Hour, uh, all free on HadronGospelHour.com and on iTunes and Stitcher and all that. And uh, you can find me on Pick a Side Stupid uh, stand-up <laughs> podcast where we debate uh, silly topics from Harry Potter to wrestling heels. Uh, Fridays, oh, yeah, awesome. I actually wasn't aware of. That. Oh yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I uh, we just did the Harry Potter one last night. It went really, really well. Um, the wrestling one, I think, might be my favorite that I got to do. I did it in character as a heel, as right. Hollywood Harrington. Um, and uh, you just uh, find me around town, and uh, you know, at your cons, uh, doing stand up and. Uh, on the on the on the pot. I'm trailing off because I'm thinking of what else I'm doing. Yeah, cool. Well, well thanks again. Thank you. Find so me in Salem. Much. I'm up in Salem all the time. Salem, Try- mess. Yeah. Uh, and as always, we're uh, Frosted Pod across social media. Again, the show is the Frosted side, as you're well aware. But Frosted Pod's the handle across platforms. And uh, special thanks to uh, Dave Morrison here oh. for uh, for bringing in this uh, re- the field, H4 field audio recording equipment. I, yeah. I, I had, hello, I hello. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, little echoes in here, but I all I, ha- I all but have a uh, little studio ready to go in here, minus a uh, power cable. So um, if the yeah, this is cooler. This is cooler. This looks like the Ghostbuster, uh, the spectrometer for finding <laughs> the ghosts. I want this. Like, I feel like it looks like that or one of those taser things from Batman when she Selena like Kyle stabs uh, Max Shrek. Was it Shrek? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want one of these. This looks like it'd do some damage. But, uh, so if, if the audio is less than perfect on this one, oh, uh, yeah. Don't, we, we can promise. Uh, I'll clean it up in the studio. Oh, Put some more swears into it and some, like... <laughs> You're being too modest, oh, Mr. Linguist. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> All right, so uh, thanks, guys, and everyone get out there and uh, buy yourself some Cocoa Puffs and sit down with uh, an episode can they, of this cartoon. I meant to ask, can the audience, is there a place where they should email or tweet at us yeah, for right. recommendations? Uh, we, I do have uh, thefrostedpod at gmail.com. Feel free to send uh, any messages that way. Uh, sorry, rather, it's frostedpod at gmail.com and uh, again Frosted Pod on Twitter Frosted Pod or the Frosted Side on Facebook yep. I'm, uh, I've got it registered on Instagram as well we're still in the early stages so you're going to be seeing a lot more of us yeah, in the coming weeks we and months we should have uh, a Patreon up and running at some point cool. and uh, I'm hesitant to do the Snapchat but <laughs> beyond that I think uh, <laughs> that's if we do this show naked <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, uh, there, there may be a uh, Send Facebook n- live <laughs> broadcast of one of these at some point or another yeah, send nudes of your cereal to <laughs> the frosted pod at snap dot chat dot copy serve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we no, should Instagram I'm going, our I'm cereals. Please do, please yes. do. All right, all, all right. right. You Thanks, got anything guys. else to promote? Uh, no, I think that's about it. On all my right. end, how about yourself? Uh, just find me on air, Morrison on air. That's my Instagram. That's it. That's it. All right. Thanks, cool. guys. Good night. Right. Or, or goodbye. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.